When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, we are finally underway for the 2022-23 season. The Avalanche win on banner-raising night 5-2 to two, against the Chicago Blackhawks. Go to Calgary the next night and fall 5-3 to three to the Calgary Flames. But honestly, I think these two games went almost exactly how we thought they were going to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, they put up a fight against Calgary, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, we, we called this, what, three months ago? Pretty much when the schedule was announced, I think we both looked at this and be like, it's really hard to lose to the Blackhawks, even on a night with so many distractions like banner raising night. But then you're going to Calgary the next day. And I think that's where the banner raising, I suppose, emotional dump is going to take place. And it definitely looked like that was the case. But just starting with the banner raising itself, what a genuinely perfect ceremony. Not even just saying that as an abs fan. Like I genuinely watch like all the banner raisings and stuff like that. I've been to one. This was perfect. They executed this flawlessly. Genuinely 10 out of 10 across the board. Well, TNT tried to fuck it up by having by delaying it because of the Caps Bruins game, because that makes sense for TNT. But it was awesome, man. Being in the arena, it was so fucking cool. That was my first time ever being at a banner raising ceremony. Um, everything was handled so perfectly. Just the the video tribute to Mark Hoppus of the Blink One Eighty Two coming out to sing all the small things. Like it was just like a perfect uh, end to that chapter of the Abs from last year, um, and. He, the the best part, obviously, for me was seeing Landy skated around, do a lap on ball arena ice because we we didn't get that because they wanted on the road. Uh, so to see him do a lap, I was low key kind of hoping they'd have all the boys do a lap, but I understood there was a game to be played. Yeah, that the, was really the, the cool. game had to start eventually. Yeah. We're not the Montreal Canadiens where we have forty five minute intros. Yeah, so I um I loved it, and then the best part, like Jack Johnson getting to come on the ice with the boys for the picture to see the banner raised. He was at the ring ceremony too. Like it was just all class by the abs. It was perfect. And I, I just, I, I don't know if there's another one that could top it. Maybe the next one, the abs do will top it. The the Jack Johnson thing is just genuinely so cool. Like they on the broadcast, they're constantly cutting to him on the bench with like the biggest grin on his face. I wasn't expecting him to actually come on the ice for when the banner was being raised but I'm I'm really glad that they did that. Like he, it he was cool of Chicago that. to even let him do that. Yeah, like, like Chicago and, could have been asses and just been like, no, you got to stay in the locker room. Like, no, you like, got you got a game to play, bro. You got a game to play in a couple minutes. No, you can't afford distractions right now. You're not on that team anymore. It was just such a cool moment, and like he deserved that. He was a big part of that team, and he's been through a lot in his career, and he deserved to have that moment. And it was just cool to see him with the guys and get the picture with the team. Just one of the the cooler moments, really, I've seen in the sport. Yeah. It's going to be one of those ones we look back on in like 20 years and we see that picture and be like, oh, yeah, remember they let Jack Johnson come on the ice after he left? So it was super cool. 
the banner actually went up a lot faster than I thought it would. I thought it was going to be like a long withdrawn process. No, they had that thing going up with some speed. Yeah, and, that, that's that's what I mean about this whole ceremony. There are times where that thing is genuinely raising for five minutes. And like when you first start to see it go, you're like, wow, this is so cool. And then once you hit like two minutes, you're like, okay, I can I can still look at it when it's in the rafters. I don't need this to go on much longer. That's what I mean. The Avs did this perfectly. It was just long enough. It wasn't too long, though. They had it just the perfect amount. And I really don't think they could have done anything better. The The whole music choice was perfect. All the videos were perfect. The Blink-182 thing was perfect. Jack Johnson was perfect. Everything they did for this, like you said, it just felt like the perfect ending of the movie to this whole chapter of the abs. And like a good jumping off point for next season, or I guess now this season. It's great. I will say the only gripe I have, I don't know if you've looked at it. Maybe it's just me. Like, is the Caps like championship banner cool or is it just kind of bland like the Avs? The Avs is just a gray uh, banner with Stanley Cup champs 2022 on it. Like, is it was the cap one cooler? Like, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen a team win a Stanley Cup and see like I know Tampa had some pretty cool banners, at least with the cup in the background. But yeah, I mean, the, the Caps one's pretty cool i think the abs one just is supposed to blend in with the ones they already have the caps had a blank slate to work with so they could yeah. do whatever, they could do whatever they want i have it right here i'm looking at it but but the abs i mean i, I thought it was like oh it's a, just kind of gray but i still like the actual design of it. i thought i just could have used like maybe a little more blue i guess yeah. a little sim it, it's simple yet classy but yeah. that's just that's just the abs. They're simple yeah. but classy. Well, it, they're planning on having a lot more than just that one. So yeah. they'll have another opportunity. Yeah. So it was it was really cool. I got I tried to snag you one of the uh replica banners that they were handing out, but holy cow, were they stingy on them? And um that's pretty cool. I'm gonna have my own banner raising ceremony here. I'll make a whole big deal about it. It's gonna be sweet. Um, but another thing I want to talk about, dude. I I've been going to Avs games since I was probably two years old. And the way the city has like grown with this team and how much they love their Avs is ridiculous. Like that was the most buzz I've seen for a regular season hockey game ever. And I imagine that's how every part of the season is going to be because you have so many new Avs fans who came out of the woodwork this past year. And now they're going to be a fan of this team for years to come. Like it was it was so cool, like just seeing that whole city just surround a team and how much they backed them. And it's carried over because I thought it was going to die down a little bit. It has not died down. It has gotten even more abs here in Colorado, which is great. Yeah, like especially for, for banner raising night in the regular season, it's really hard to top a night yeah. like that, where it's like this is our thing. And purely our thing. Like this isn't a big playoff game where you've got maybe some other teams fans sneaking in there. Like there are very few things in like professional sports where it's like this is our ceremony, yeah. where it's just nothing but pure celebration. And it's great that as a city we were finally able to to have that moment. Yeah, it's great. Like you said, this is really coming at a, a perfect time because it really feels like the fan base has really embraced this team, not even since they won, just over the last several years, pretty much yeah. ever since that terrible tank season, the city has really embraced this team. You can really see it for Banner Night. It's really embraced this team. And I don't know if you could see it. You've watched a lot of Avs games uh, against Chicago. There was like, we counted, me and Steve, like maybe four Chicago fans in the entire building that night. Like usually when Chicago's in town, it is a fucking like 75-25 like split. It was so great to just be surrounded by Avs fans. It was the best. Yeah, I noticed on TV, like when the two goals the Blackhawks scored, they showed, I think, the same people. So, yeah. like the same Blackhawks fans in the crowd. Because usually like they cut to like different people in the crowd. I recognized them because I think they showed like the same guy like five times on the broadcast. Yeah. The, the same guy in like his Taze jersey. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, I'm hoping it keeps up for the whole year because it's going to be awesome uh to go to those games and it's just electric in there also they redid the team store since you were there over the summer it's i love the abs but what they did to the team store they fucked it up they fucked it up so hard like so you never really got to see it when we were at the games there was this ticketing booth on the other side of the window they expanded the store into that but the it's this big 
It's not big at all. It was a nightmare. And they moved the jerseys over to the checkout line. So, like, basically, it's just a clusterfuck of people trying to check out while trying to get a jersey. It's not good. It's not good. But yeah, that just, sounds like, a, that just sounds like a mess. Yeah, I digress. That that was the one gripe I had with what the Abs did this offseason was their redesign of the team store. I mean, um, they, they redid the locker room as well. That looks really good. Yeah, that looks really cool. But yeah, you next time you're out here, I'll show you the team store and be like, oh, this is this just isn't planned very well. Like yeah, the floor well, spacing doesn't work. So um, should, should we talk about the actual game? We could talk about the game itself. I mean, the Blackhawks are not good and they no. were they were thoroughly outmatched from puck drop you you could see that they really did not have much business being on the same ice as the abs and right away the abs were just thoroughly outskated kale mccarr broke someone's ankle like four minutes in yeah i mean we thought nathan mckinnon was having dangles in the preseason games he continued that against chicago like it was it was a ridiculous ridiculous display by the abs top players um i mean they i think chicago had like five shots halfway through the second period. Like it was an utter ass kicking. And if it wasn't for, you know, Peter Morazic actually wasn't terrible in this game. He, like that, that game he, could have easily been like eight to two. He but genuinely stopped us from being a certified blowout. Like yeah. early on, he stopped like four goals, basically like yeah. we're on a, for a, the goalie that people think Peter Morazic is right now, if he was actually that it would have been five, nothing after the first. Yes. Game. Because it was the abs had chance after chance after chance, and Morazic was strong, and the abs didn't give in. I thought, because uh, who got the first goal of the year? Oh, Cagliano did. Cagliano scored on the deflection. Um, everyone in the arena was confused because they announced it as McKinnon's goal. And then I'm on Twitter, and they're like, no, that was Cagliano's goal. Um, but I mean, Andrew Cagliano, how funny would it be if he has like 15 goals this year? Well, it's also the, there's the the Jack Johnson curse from last season where he opens the the season with the goal and literally never scores again. So we'll see, we'll see if Cogliano can break that. But the setup by McKinnon on that play, like oh, he, yeah. was, he was flying, especially in that first period. And Cogliano just so happened to finally get a stick on that to have that breakthrough. Marat. Good to see the veteran Cogliano get the goal, but McKinnon was shredding them. Yes, he was unreal. I'm surprised he didn't have more points or goals in that game. Uh, but it was one nothing. The Avs take a penalty. And if there's one gripe you can have with the Avs over these first two games, their PK has not looked particularly good. Um, giving up, what, four goals? Is that what you said in the first yeah, two games? Four goals over the first two games. The penalty kill went one for three against the Blackhawks in this game. We'll talk about some of the other goals later. But, like, Taze just got loose on this play. Like, Cogliano looks like he caught a divot in the ice. Logan O'Connor is just way too low on the play, and he's he's just wide open. So the first goal that Georgiev gives up in an ab sweater, really nothing he could no. do about it. Like, Taze is just wide open. Yeah, he's wide open, and it was a breakdown. Um, but you mentioned Georgiev. I thought he was solid. His save percentage isn't going to show that he had a good game, but – the two goals he gave up, there was absolutely nothing he could do about them. Yeah, I, I feel like this could look like a lot of Georgiev starts for the season. Granted, against much better teams. I'm not saying he's going to face 17 shots a night, but there might be times where he just doesn't face a ton of shots and then one breakthrough happens and just a perfect play is going to beat him. He might finish with like maybe a 900 save percent or something like that in a game where he played particularly well. But the Avs made his life pretty easy in this game, except on those penalty kills. And yes. not much he could do. Because like he can't force shots to get through to him to up his save percentage. But there were there were a couple good opportunities for Chicago that he was able to get a pad on at least. Yeah, I, I thought he looked solid. Um we, we had predicted as well that he was going to there's gonna be some growing pains for him getting adjusted to this uh system for the first couple of like would you say the first month really is is when you can start being concerned about it? I'd say I'd I'd say December is really when you can be like okay this is a massive problem, but even then we're not even close to there yet because he was fine. I think the only real genuine gripe I had with him is it looks like he hasn't fully like communicated with everybody yet. Like when he's gonna be moving pucks, it seemed like there was some confusion in the first period. Oh, yeah. where he chased a puck behind the net and no one really knew who was getting it. But outside of that, I mean. 
it, that's going to be adjustment because Darcy Kemper, I feel like, never played the puck. Yeah, well, I, that also happened for the Caps in their home opener against the Bruins. The exact same thing happened. Like, this stuff just happens with goalies on new teams. Like, they don't know each other's tendencies yet. So, yeah, because I feel like Kemper rarely went out of his net to do anything. <laughs> so um, it's going to be an adjustment for them. But overall, I mean, for the first period, it, it it was a pretty solid period. And we mentioned the Abs had some troubles on the PK. Uh, what they didn't have troubles with was uh, the power play in this game because, holy no. shit, were they fantastic on the power play. Yeah, the, the power play, like the Blackhawks just genuinely had no chance to stop mm-hmm. them on the power play. They did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Guys got open. Valtrain gets rolling in the first period. He gets his first goal of the season. Miko Ranson addition pucks in this game like it's nobody's business. He looks good. Oh, yeah. I mean, when Miko's engaged, we know that he's a top 10 player in the league. (laughs) Like, when he's engaged, but he's going to do this, like, he'll have moments where he'll have, like, four-point games, and then he'll have, like, a three-game stretch where he has – Two points. That's just Miko. And I'd rather have him save it for the playoffs anyway, because it worked pretty damn well last year. Yeah. And the power play, like I said, Chicago could do nothing about mm-hmm. it. The only the only guy who could do anything was Morazic and Nachushkin's wide open on this. Yeah. Play. There's no chance for Morazic. That that's purely on the penalty kill. It was it was a beautiful passing play. And I mean the abs are definitely still missing Landy, but I mean Val fits on that line so fucking well like he's not as skilled as landy but he's as close as we can get yeah i think he's definitely a perfect replacement for landis in a pinch and he has no trouble on the power play anymore and he he still has the finishing ability if there was any concern that nachushkin did not have his finishing ability still he's at three goals in two games right now so yeah I can't, on I can't for believe, yeah, I can't believe people saw that contract like, oh, he's getting overpaid. Like you, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're not watching abs hockey like, because you, he you is, don't know what you're doing. Like yeah. this guy does everything perfectly. He does. And it was, it was a great start for him. Um, and the abs went up two one going into the third, second period. And then, uh, your guy, your guy, Arturi Lekkinen gets his first of two on the night again on the power play. I, I thought Arturi Lekkinen was fantastic against Chicago. Again, I will remind everybody that Arturi Lekkanen signed a five-year contract at under $5 million. We just get to have him, and he just gets to do this. We can genuinely see Lekkanen turn into another version of Nichushkin. Like, I'm not saying he's going to score 30 goals, but would you count it out? I'd say there's an outside shot. If he plays on McKinnon and Rantanen's wing the entire time, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I mean, even when Landeskog comes back, and we uh, get we have some quote-unquote updates on that, which is short for there is no update outside of Bednar saying there is no update. Even when Landeskog comes back, like you might just keep Lekkanen up there and just bump Landeskog yeah. down to the second line to spread out your talent, because why not? Lekkanen works really well on that line, and... He's found his scoring touch on the Avs. He's found his spot on the power play. He scores two power play goals in this period. Works perfectly with Rantanen. Rant, again, Rantanen with the primary assists on both goals. Like, all the top guys were just rolling in this game. Oh, like, they, they just took care of business. And, God, Lekkanen is just so good. I can't believe we got him in that trade and that we got him on that contract. It's just, it's just not fair. We shouldn't be allowed to have that. We shouldn't, and... It's he's only going to keep getting better. Like he still hasn't played more than um, more than uh, like what, 50 games with us. Yeah, Something like he, that? he's only been around for for just a little while. Like we got him in March. There was that whole stuff with the, the issues and everything. Yeah. I'm actually curious how many games has he played with us? Because he played 20 in the play. Yeah, he's played 38 games with us, including the two here. Yeah, like he's only going to get more comfortable with this team. Like we haven't even seen a full season of Arturi Lekkinen yet. And he's on, he's probably, yeah, he, he's going to be fantastic. Um, I love him on that top line. I, I would love Val on that top line too. And anyone on that top line would be great. Um, but man, it, it was a hell of a second period. Uh, Lecky gets two. Yeah. I mean, we can go to the third period. Max Domi gets his first goal of the year. Uh, another power play goal. He was just wide open. Like absolutely nothing that uh, 
nothing that Georgiev could do. And we, we both talked about it. I think we were texting after the game. Logan O'Connor struggled in this game. He was not the Logan O'Connor we become used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, on the penalty kill especially, like he just looked out of place, didn't look like he really knew where he was going, and just generally wasn't very effective. So, I mean, he'll get out of it. I mean, he's 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 a fourth liner. We know that. So he'll work through it. But, yeah, he, he definitely struggled a little bit uh, on the PK, and it kind of carried over into the Calgary game a little bit. Was Hasn't been his greatest uh, two-game stretch in his uh, short career so far. Um, but then the abs get the final goal, Val Nachushkin, another tip, his second goal of the night. Abs another, close it off. Another power play goal. Yeah, another power play goal. I mean, it, it was as perfect a night can as can get. Like that game, even when we were tied, I had no concern about that game. Yeah, and how long were we tied? Like a minute? Yeah, like there was no fear in that game whatsoever. Like even when the, the Hawks tied it or – made it 4-2. I was like, yeah, we're still going to win this game by like three. Like this isn't even going to be close. (laughs) Yeah. Like the Hawks tied it. And there was like a little point in time where they're pushing like a little bit and maybe getting a few shots through, but the Blackhawks are just not good. And even the abs distracted and dealing with the banner raising and everything and the emotional week that it's been with the ring ceremony, even with that, like even if Chicago scored another one to make it four to three, the apps just they're better than them. And they got another one towards the very end on another power play. Like this yeah. just, it's tough to really draw a ton of conclusions about this game because of all the circumstances of it. It's banner raising. Some guys looked a lot better than others. Kale looked phenomenal in this game. McKinnon looked phenomenal in this game. Pretty much all the top guys looked absolutely yeah. brilliant in this game. Some of the other guys on the depth looked just okay. Penalty kill obviously was not good. Power play was obviously spectacular. Goaltending, this is not a game you draw any sort of conclusions on goaltending because goaltending was not a factor at all. There was nothing that could even be pinned on Georgiev, both good and bad. So, And it's Chicago. They suck. They are actively trying to lose and get Connor Bedard. They are not trying to win. They're not a serious team. So even with all the past years of like, oh, teams on banner raising night don't have a good record, it's the Hawks. This is probably this is like this is probably the least interesting banner raising game we've seen of the last couple of years, just because it's not competitive. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, before we move off onto the Calgary game, we we kind of talked about it a little bit with Raj, but uh, the ring the Avs got was fucking awesome. Really? Right? It was it was so cool. Uh, it's funny because you can tell there's a 20 year gap between championship rings because championship rings have gotten ludicrous. Like they're, they're out of this world, like so many diamonds. And you go look at the 2001 ring compared to that one. And you're like, holy shit, what the fuck happened to these rings? Um, absolutely gorgeous. The, the whole ceremony with the box. Like I love how they're doing those with the boxes now where they play the videos. Um, that was really cool. And shout out to my guy, Drennan. I didn't even tell you this. Uh, he works for the Avs and he brought his ring uh, to the game and let me hold it and try it on. I think it was fucking heavy, dude. <laughs> like It was heavy. Surely they don't give out the same rings. To no, I don't think they do. But he's like the VP of something with Crocky Sports. Okay. So he, he got a pretty big one. It was fucking awesome. Awesome. And I'll say the first thing he does, he hands it to me and it's like dark in the arena because they were getting ready to do the intro. And he goes, don't drop it. I'm like, well, fuck, dude. Now that makes me feel like I'm going to drop it. You, you just put that energy out there. Yeah. How my odds of dropping it have increased tenfold. Yeah. It was I'd, like, I'd be more concerned to be like, don't run. Your yeah. feet better not move an inch. I was just like, I was like, whoa, this thing is fucking awesome like I, I it didn't fit my finger. i have really skinny fingers and i tried it on and i was like i put it on for like a minute and i was like yeah get this out of my face like i do not want to be responsible for this falling or anything and i handed it back to him um, I, just, I just think it's so funny that they're rings because they're not anything you can feasibly wear no any sort of championship ring like it's it's a trophy you cannot wear these things without having like a security detail making sure they don't hit the floor because like they don't fit and there, there's like several pounds. Like that, that thing is 18.5 carats. That one ring. Yeah, it was 669 diamonds. That's ridiculous. Like we love our guy Stan Kroenke. How much money do you think he spent on rings this year? Because he had the Rams, which was 
monstrous and the Avs one, which was monstrous. He had to have dropped probably like a couple million on championship rings this year, right? Yeah, I'd imagine a, a pretty penny on some championship rings. Those things, and how many of them they got? They got to make like the expensive ones for the players, all the ones for the staff. Like I don't, I don't know how deep it goes with rings, but like we all hear the stories like guys who work like even in like lower level jobs on teams. Like, oh yeah, I got a championship ring from yeah. like, and I'd be curious to see how far down they go. I'd actually want to know because I do work for a team. So yeah, that'd be cool. It it was it was super cool. And then I also loved how when they released the rings, it's like, hey, if you want to be a fan and own not an actual <laughs> ring, but a knockoff, you can pay $12,000 for one that probably doesn't have any real diamonds in it. Do you have money that you just don't want? Do you own your house and also have like an extra spare millions of dollars lying around? You too can be a part of Av's history and own this ridiculously expensive ring. $12,000 was the price. $12,000. So this is uh, also a long-winded way of saying we are opening a Patreon. If yes. you do want to fund us, both of us getting rings and just give us your money, we are starting a Patreon for $24,000. So if you guys do want to support us, yeah. yeah. $24,000 a month. We want to buy one of these every single month. Yeah. So, And then we fun. can just... We can just go to town. But yeah, I thought that was funny. It's like, own a piece of the Avs ring if you have 12000 extra dollars. <laughs> so... um yeah, I, I, all in all, just a super fun night. I hope I get to do it again uh, next year. Um, hope but, I get to be there next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. But, and we can turn the page to the Calgary game, which we all know what happened to Calgary in the offseason. They went through probably the craziest offseason in recent memory. I cannot think of a team at least in the last like two decades, that's had a crazier off season where yeah. you depart from two star players and are not tanking after that. And you then bring in Jonathan Huberto, Nazem Kadri and Mackenzie Weger after losing Kachuk and Gaudreau. I don't see a team who's had a crazier off season than that recently. And this is their home opener. And the Avs got into Calgary at four in the morning after their banner raising ceremony, after the ring ceremony, after everything that's happened to begin this season then they gotta go play like a, a genuine contender in the west after like it's not even just a normal home opener this is calgary with something to prove yes like they had everything to prove and almost everything to lose in this because i think if they would have lost that game that would have been such a downer for them it, it really would have like i don't think calgary had a choice to lose this game yeah you got the, you got the abs literally at the most vulnerable state i think they've been in in like the last four years yeah well i mean other than the end of the season last year where we just weren't playing anybody yeah like but i, I mean like in in games that we are like somewhat care about yeah i mean it was it was like you said at the beginning of the episode the most predictable like scheduled loss of all time like there, there was no chance in hell the abs were going to win this game and for a large part of the game you were like yeah yeah, there, there's just there's just no chance. But yeah, like you you could see pretty much from like five minutes in, like they were they were winning early because Bo Byram is awesome. But yeah. you you could see that they were gassed and they did not have the reserves that Calgary would have had for their home opener. Like it this, was like a role reversal because I think the Abs had like five shots halfway through the second period. Or oh, yeah. it, it was crazy. Yeah, they got the goal from Byron, a beautiful splitting through the defense. Something bit lucky, but split through the defense, poking it through Markstrom, and like 90 seconds in, they have the lead. And for a moment, they're like, oh, maybe they can actually pull this and off. Frankie and, looked really good the first like three minutes. Like, Yeah, like yeah. then then you got like halfway through the period. It's like, okay, we're winning, but like probably we should not be. <laughs> we should not be. This is probably not going to stay that way for very long. So, and lo and behold, it did. Yeah. So, I mean, the game just did not go as planned. Like we said, like just a ridiculously scheduled loss. You're not going to find a more scheduled loss than this. And yeah. the, like, there's really nothing to be upset about. Oh, no, I, I literally couldn't care less. My my frustration with this game is the abs pulled me back in. I was ready to just like tune out for the day and just get ready to go to bed. And it's like, nope, we are going to make, a, make this game a little interesting, which you got to give them credit because it all – went downhill very quickly for the after that first goal by Byram. Yeah, Brett Ritchie get one. I mean, he was wide open. 
right in front of the net, just wide open. And Frankie, I, I don't think Frankie had a bad game either. I think he just was left out to dry a lot. Um, but you give that one up. Yeah, Dylan Dubé score a shorthanded goal, which when's the last time the Avs had a shorthanded goal scored on them? Like I can't, I can't even think of it. Yeah, it, it was a comedy of errors. And you know who had a rough game? Alex Newhook. He 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 had a rough yeah. game against Calgary. I guess I guess if there's one thing you take away from this game is just Newhook did not look very good. And it's telling in his ice time. He played 13 minutes. Yeah. He got bumped down to the third line. They replaced him with Comper near the end. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not bailing on Alex Newhook at all, but it, it was not his best game. Um, he, I think he's the one who turned the puck over to get Dubé that that two-on-one breakaway. I think, yeah, now you're saying that, I think that's exactly what happened. And, like, going back to Frankie, like, look at the goals that went in in this yeah. game. Like, Richie's wide open. Dubé's got an odd man rush. Rasmus Anderson's fresh out of the box. Like, make sure you want some saves, but, like, those shouldn't happen. Oh yeah, no that that Rasmus Anderson one was probably one of the luckiest goals I think. Like I think back, do you remember the goal last year that Obey Cubell scored in Los Angeles? Yeah, where L.A. was just dominating and Obey Cubell just walks out of the penalty box and has a breakaway. That's what that Rasmus Anderson one reminded me because the Avs were on the power play there and they had a chance. I, I really thought they had a chance to tie the game at two, and yeah, it just did not go in and it bounced right to forget who set him up. Um, Uyghur. Oh, Uyghur. It was Uyghur. Just right to him. It was a perfect play. And all of a sudden you're down 3-1. And at that moment when we went down 2, I was like, yeah, this this doesn't really see. Like I had like maybe a 2% chance that we were come back. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's Finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night. Following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild, this season is going to get off to a bang right away, and you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night, from money line to puck line to individual player props. No matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. It, we go into the third period. And and the wheels kind of fell off in the first two minutes of the period. Yeah, like if you you, you, you got to say, like even for where we're at, like the first two minutes of that period were just genuinely bad. Like just, oh. just the kind of stuff, like even when you're tired, like that's just, that's just, just not great hockey there, but they got over it. It's five to one. You get goals from Toffoli and Lindholm. They're both on the power play. And so the, the goal at that point is to just get out of there. But luckily you get a goal from McKinnon less than beauty. Uh, yeah. 30 beauty. seconds. Later. Absolute beauty. Then shout out to Powell Francois, his first point of the season. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. McKinnon just, takes it himself, just strolls right in and roofs it on Markstrom and makes it look a little better, makes it a little bit of a game. You know, if the Avs get another one, you know, you never know. They get another one a little bit later, like eight minutes later, you get another power play goal from Nachushkin. He's already got three on the season. Once again, set up by Miko Rantanen, who is just killing it right now with assists. And it's five to three, you got like about nine minutes left, like, you know they're not going to win, but it's the Avs, and it's interesting enough to just, like, why don't we stick this one out for a little bit? 
yeah, dude, they just kept they kept bringing your hopes up, and you're like, God damn it, man! Like I just wanted to go and rest peacefully, and they scored two, and then they had a couple more chances to get it to a one goal game. I remember a save that Markstrom made on uh, Makar, I believe he was wide open in the in the slot, and he just makes a beautiful like it, I wouldn't even say it was beautiful. I think it was more just good positioning on his part. It hit the end of the shaft of his stick, like it was just perfect body positioning by him and. Give the Avs credit. They could have easily folded when it was 5-1, but they kept playing. They got two goals, and I leave Calgary being like, okay, they showed up. They didn't get their asses kicked as bad as I thought they were going to, and they actually had a chance to make it a competitive game if it wasn't for some mental lapses. Yeah, like you look at that game and just be like, that could have been a lot worse. There There were times in that game where they just did not look great. In the second period, they were cutting to the bench and like Lekkins breathing heavy and like leaning over. Everyone just looked miserable on that bench. <laughs> All the body language suggested that, like, for fuck's sake, why are we even playing this game? It's just some think, of the weirdest schedule making I'd yeah. Do you think they were pissed? Because usually, like, I imagine after you raise the banner, you get one more night of partying. Like, that's your last night to party. And it's just like, oh, JK, you guys have to fly to Calgary. I wonder if that was just kind of like, well, fuck us, right? Yeah, I, I imagine like probably weren't mad, but you, they're probably thinking on that second period in the bench, like, why are we, didn't we win? Why are we getting punished right now? With it's not even just like it's a back to back, but you're playing at home or whatever, or you go to like, so, so even like somewhere close by, they're going to Calgary, like they're yeah. going like across the borders and they're playing a genuinely good team for their home opener. Yeah, I bet some of them were thinking, like, what the fuck? Like, what, why are we having? Well, a and usually there? when you go to Canada, you play at least like two or three games there. Right. They played one game in Canada and then flew home. Right. It's just some of the most bizarre schedule making. I like again, this is not like conspiracy. The NHL hates the abs. It's just like, why are we here? Yeah. We point like we pointed this out right away when the schedule was made. It's like, so we have the home opener, then we go to Calgary once, and then we have like four days off. Yeah. That does not make a lot of sense. Would have made way more sense just to give them a day off and then play on Friday. Right. Like, would have made way more sense, but you know. It, you live and learn. Their abs are one and one, and exactly what we predicted would happen has happened so far. But we are going to talk about um, our good friends Minnesota, who at the moment of recording are down four to two to Los Angeles at the end of the first period. Um, that is coming off a seven to three loss to the New York Rangers in their first game, and uh, I know I don't want to overreact, but. The Wild may not be as good as we even were giving them credit for. We we thought they were going to be better than this, but they look awful. Mark Andre Fleury looks old. Yeah, Fleury and... looks old, and they their defense looks bad. Yeah, and also actually, before we fully move on, I do want to bring up. I know you were at the game, so I don't know if you saw this, but Kale McCarr calling Colorado the state of hockey on TNT got Wild fans deliciously upset. <laughs> I love that bit so much. Because they take it so seriously. It's the one thing that they have, and they can't stand the notion that we're trying to take it away from them. I'm not even serious about it when I say it. I just say it because it makes them upset, and it's so funny. It is hilarious. Like Just cracking jokes at Minnesota's fans is just great because Minnesota, while I do hate them, their city has probably the most – like the worst sports luck of any team like ever. Like the Vikings haven't won shit. The Twins always lose in the playoffs. The Timberwolves suck, and the Wild can't get out of the second round. Like that's four of your that's your four professional teams just absolutely sucking. So I do feel a little bit bad for them, but we took I, the state of hockey in. I mean, I, I I feel bad, and then I see a comment like Kale McCarr is the most arrogant player in the league, and I'm like, <laughs> you are seething right now. You are massively trying to cope with the fact that your team sucks. Well, also, I love the Matt Dumba comment saying, like, yeah, it sucked to see them lift the cup. Like, bro, we didn't even play you. You're, you <laughs> are not even a footnote on our journey. We played you the required. I didn't even time. see he said that. Yeah, I. it was just like a weird little quote on like the wild page. Like, yeah, you know, it sucks to see them lift the cup. Like, bro, we didn't even play you. You lost to the Blues in six. We're not we don't think about you at all. No, we're living the dream, man. Um, yeah, it is. We're the state of hockey. So just suck it up, Minnesota. Yeah. Like Colorado number one, you got to win something to, to be able to hold on to a nickname this hard. You got to have some other than we have like cool high school hockey games. 
And they aren't even that good because they lost to a Colorado team. Yeah. So. Again, you lost to Colorado both t- in high school and college. We didn't even get the chance to beat you in the NHL because you didn't even make it that far. Yep. So, yeah, we're going to keep calling it the state of hockey. One, because it's funny. And two, you haven't earned it. So. Yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that game is going to be against the Wild on Monday. I think the Avs are going to come out and play a really good game. I just if Flurry's is bad. I mean, do you think they even play Flurry at this point? Yeah, they they are fully committed to Flurry. I don't think it. I I think we genuinely have to get like three months in before they really start to bench Flurry. Him playing like this, that's how long it will take. But I think this is probably going to be a pretty high scoring game. Looking at it, I mean, should be. I, mean, I think this, I think this is going to be a, like a sloppy, bloody game. Like teams are not settled into anything yet. The Avs played the Blackhawks and just had a weird game against the Flames. Like just a a game that you just really don't see all that often. All those circumstances. This is really like their first like game of the season. Yeah. I think the Wild are going to be pissed, assuming they don't come back against the Kings because they they made that three nothing game three to two, and now it's four two. The Wild just have that ability to just randomly come back at times. I think this, we could see like a, a 5-4 overtime game. Wouldn't shock me in the least, but I'm excited for it. It's always fun to play the Wild just because they're hilarious when it's they a, lose. It's a, yeah, it's pretty fun to play the Wild. Yeah. So I'm excited for that game. I think the Avs are going to win um, just because fucking Minnesota looks bad, dude. Like I, I had them as a playoff team, and this is my complete overreaction of the year. They may not be a playoff team if they continue to get goaltending like this. Yeah. They, you know, they're running out of time, as we know. There's not much, not much games time, left. Not much know, time left in the season. They're they're about 20 minutes into their third game of the year. And, you know, I don't know, man. They just don't look like they got it in them this time. Yeah. I, That's I, my I reaction. Love, I love the beginning of the season where yeah. we, we are all guilty of this. I'm not saying I'm a saint. Oh, yeah. But we are all guilty of like, this team is trash. This team's going to win the cup. Like when the Rangers beat the Lightning, the victory lap that I saw oh, yeah. from Rangers fans, not even just Rangers fans, like analysts and broadcasters being like, oh, this team, this team's a genuine cup contender. You know, is, is Tampa tired? We love these conclusions yes. after like the first two games. Of season. I was doing it before we started. I was like, dude, the Caps fucking suck. This team is terrible. <laughs> and now and they're now up they're, 3-1. Yeah, now they're up 3-1 on, on the Habs, to be fair. But they did not look good in their first two games. But regardless, I love the beginning of the season where it's like you lose two games. The season's over. The Flyers have won two games. Actually, fly, credit to Flyers fans. They're not buying it. Out. No. I'm looking at the comments on their post. They're like, what the hell are you doing? Why? Lou. We want Bedard. <laughs> yeah, we want Bedard. We well, know we're not good. Well, here's the thing. Chuck Fletcher will probably fuck it up somehow and not draft Bedard. If they oh, absolutely. Well, I think the Flyers are probably going to be enough that they're not going to be a basement dweller, and that's the worst-case scenario for them. Yeah. Where they'll have like the ninth or 10th overall pick. And Chuck Fletcher will fuck it up still. Yeah, so. they'll trade it. Person. They'll, yeah. trade it, they'll trade it for the next version of Ristolainen. Who's a really shitty player that you can see the Flyers trading for? With that. Mike Matheson. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Even, even then, Matheson's not terrible, but you could definitely see that happening. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be fun. Lucic. Loot, they would trade. Lucic would make yeah. – well, he's a free agent after this year. Oh, that's true. They'll, that wouldn't stop them. They'd, they'll sign they'd, him. They'd want first access to him. They'd trade yes. for his rights. Yeah, let's be real. Let's yeah, let's be real. Um, what else? Oh, we didn't even talk about this. Fucking Nazem Kadri. I thought it was weird that they gave him his ring after the game. I thought they would have waited until he came to Colorado. Well, the, it's the kind of thing you probably just want to get. We already had the ceremony. We have the ring. We might as well just bring it to him for the second game of the season. Because I don't think they're in Colorado until January. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get why they did it. But it just seemed like usually they wait until... Uh, the player comes like I imagine. Well, I guess for Berkey, they'll probably do it when they play him next. And then well, I think that's soon, isn't it? Are, yeah, are it's we, next are Thursday. In, are we in yeah. Seattle or are they here? We're in Seattle. In really? Seattle. I thought, they, I thought they were here. I think it's next Thursday. Yeah. They, so he's coming here. So he'll get his. Oh, ring. okay. He'll get his ring next Friday. And I mean, with Kadri, like, yeah, that's generally the case. But I think it's also just like we had the ring ceremony two days ago and we're yeah. going to Calgary. We might as well just do it now just because I I am curious when we do play the Flames in Colorado. I will very quickly find that 
Oh yeah, he's not here until February. So oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean it makes sense. It's just I thought it was a little funky, but what are you gonna do? It's all good. Um I it was cool seeing his reaction. I, I wish they would have gotten better camera angles of it. Like the fact that it was just shot on a cell phone, I was kind of like, no one just thought like, hey, this is a guy receiving his first Stanley Cup ring. Let's like, just n- like not neither team's production crew was just like, what if we got like a little video that like Calgary, like that's your guy getting yeah. the ring. Like that'd be pretty cool. And like for the Avs, like that's Kadri. Like we didn't have like a camera we could use for that real quick. <laughs> it looked like a video where it was like the guy was like holding it out of his sweatshirt. Yeah, that's what it looked like recording it like that's supposed to be recorded that's the only professional setup they can afford in the saddle dome these days yeah so i thought that was funny but uh yeah i mean other than that like other abs darcy kemper hasn't been particularly great for fine like the the two goals well he gave up four technically against the bruins in his debut his first period was shaky i didn't love the two goals he gave up after that i really don't feel like it was his fault. Like the, I was talking to you before we started. John Carlson looks like shit, and so does yeah. his defense. The Krejci goal. There was like that's just on Carlson. You got to pick up your guy there. And yeah. he's he's playing right now against the Canadians. He's made sixteen on seventeen shots. The goal he gave up. It was just a nice play by Suzuki on a wraparound. He looks good in Washington. I don't think goaltending is going to be the problem with the Caps this season, but I I like the fit for Kemper in Washington so far. I think he's just going to get better and better. And he looked a little shaky to start, but looks better as it goes on. Other guys like Berkey. Berkey looks awesome. Berkey looks looks good. Great in Seattle. Yeah, he's going to fit in perfectly in Seattle. I have no worries about that. Mm. Kadri Kadri picked up two assists? I think he only had one. I was just looking at the box score. Yeah, one assist against us. He's playing against the Oilers tonight Before, like after we record. Try to think of like other abs who've had like a major contribution so far. Nico Sturm is very weird on the Sharks. I don't know if you watched the Sharks last night. The Sharks are bad, like really bad. I, just, I cannot bring myself to voluntarily watch the Sharks. Well, I bet on them, so I was watching them. Um, and I learned my I will not bet on them again this year because if it wasn't for James Reimer standing on his head, it's the Hurricanes, man. Dude, it was their home opener. I was feeling good. That's the first time that. Carolina was traveling to the West Coast. I thought their body clocks were going to be all fucked up. And for 50 minutes of that game, I looked really smart because they the Sharks were up one nothing, And then it all went downhill after that. But I, I think it's very clear that the three worst teams in the West are Arizona, Chicago, and San Jose. And it's not even close. Yeah, because even Anaheim looks all right. They're competitive at least. Yeah, they're competitive. Like I don't – I'm not shaking on my like seventh in the Pacific prediction – but I just think there's a lot of parity in the league this year where there's yeah. only like a, a few true bottom dwelling teams. Like even the Habs right now, I have that game on in front of me. They're not going to win a lot of games, but no. they're they're a team you've got to play because they're a team with some talent. Cole Caulfield's going to be dangerous this season. Yes. And you saw what they did to the Maple Leafs. Yeah. That was very funny, first of all. but Very like, Maple Leafs. To they, they hung around that game. They get the winner with 30 seconds left. Like they're gonna be bad and they're gonna be towards the bottom, but like they're gonna take a couple teams by. Surprise. They play hard for St. Louis, dude. They play yeah, really hard they, for. Him. They like they like Marty over there. He's a good coach. He's a good coach, and I mean the other funny news for Toronto wise is Matt Murray plays one game, and I don't know if you saw it on the bottom ticker. They said he's out four weeks already. Yeah, he's on LTIR already. He played one game and he left practice with like groin discomfort already. So, uh, not to dump on a guy for having injuries, but. I mean, did no one see this coming? Yeah. No, nobody in Toronto was like, well, this guy also has like a massive injury history that dates back to literally his rookie season. And also he's just not that good. So I, I don't get it. Is he the lucky, like we we said, Darcy Kemper was like super lucky to win a cup. I think Matt Murray may have been luckier. Matt Murray, I think was a case of no one really has a bead on this guy yet. He has one massive weakness, and that is his glove. I feel like a lot of teams just didn't have that tape right away. I feel like that was the same thing for Bennington when he won the cup with St. Louis. There's an advantage for new goalies when they come into the league where teams just don't have a ton of footage on how to beat them yet. Once they get that footage, you see a lot of guys get exposed. Yeah, and it's going to be – I think we'll look back on it in like 30 years and be like, holy shit, Matt Murray won two Stanley Cups? Like, how the fuck did that happen? (laughs) Because like Kemper, I feel like, had his moments at least where he was good. And 
uh, Matt Murray, I just feel like we'll look back on and be like, yeah, this is who the uh, the uh, <laughs> the Penguins chose over Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Fleury right now. He's not looking great against the Kings. Yeah. I also love whenever Flurry struggles, people start will just start messaging me. It's like, hey, did you see Flurry tonight? Like, yeah, I'm aware. I don't hate Mark Andre Flurry. <laughs> I don't hate Mark Andre Flurry. I just don't get it these days. I just don't get the Wild betting their season on him that he's going to be the same Flurry. I just didn't understand. It's four three right now to the Wild's credit, but still. I really hope they lose that game because the Kings are another team that don't look particularly that great. Yeah, uh, they look, you know, they look yeah, like they look just like an average team. So another team that's looking just okay, Nashville. They're getting the crap kicked out of them by the Stars over these two games. Which is surprising because I thought the Stars were going to be bad. Not bad, like just basic Stars, but they, they look pretty solid too. Yeah. Um, also – Crapping on the Coyotes. It's 3-3 against Boston right now. That's awesome. That's very funny. If that you is... to the Coyotes, this is going to age very poorly. I know. Oh, yeah. Losing to the Coyotes is something you should genuinely be mad at this year. Yes. This team stinks. They've, yeah. they've got nothing. But credit to – like I'm so excited to watch – like I will watch the first game in Mold Arena. I will just because – I have what a name, Mullet Arena. Like, you can't script that, that that arena is so called sick, Mullet dude. Arena. That's it's unbelievable. So and you know if the Coyotes got, like, if they ever make a playoff run in, uh, when they're in that building, the team's going to grow mullets. Like, you just know, like, that's too perfect. Like, it's the best marketing tool. So, yeah, I mean, the Coyotes, they stink. Um, and they're going to be really bad. Like, they could be worse than the Avs were in their really bad year. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's even a question. Weren't they worse last year? I don't know. I think they were actually like, because I remember Detroit before COVID ended the year, they were on pace to break the Avs record for least amount of points. Yeah. And then COVID ruined that. And well, then someone, like the Habs were at least, weren't they? No, the Habs had a hot end of the year. So they ended up. Oh, no, you're right. Up... The, the Coyotes had 57 points. Yeah. That just really puts in perspective just how bad that abs team oh yeah it's it's so funny because like they weren't even that bad like you look at that roster like yeah it wasn't good 49 points oh analytically they were one of the worst analytics like the this is where analytics really like had their moment is because that year before or two years before where the abs were first in the west and lost minnesota in the first round they were such a bad analytical team like that that is the introductory course to pdo is yeah the 2014 abs how that team had 112 points will be one of the biggest mysteries and i bought into it i bought into it and they I mean, in the moment you have to when you yeah. have 112 points you're like yeah well we have a high shooting percentage because we're just good yeah <laughs> it's not luck at all and our luck it's definitely not luck at all out. it's like are we genuinely just have the best team ever Oh, could you imagine? I, I think it was Minnesota that after they won that series, they got smoked by Chicago in that oh, next yeah. round, right? Was that? Oh, we would have gotten absolutely destroyed. By well, I, I think that was Minnesota's most successful playoff run outside of like 2003 because they lost in six to Chicago yeah, instead, of, instead of getting swept like they did a year later by the Blackhawks. Yeah. That's, that's the true. bar for success in Minnesota. It's like, yeah. well, we didn't get swept. We lost in six. It looks respectable this time. That Chicago team was fucking good. Yeah, they, they were, were really good. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's been a fun start to the season. There were 15 games today, I think. No, they didn't have 15 games. There was, like, there's there was a like lot of games today. 14, I think. Yeah. there's The Avs are just one of the very few teams that aren't playing. And it's hilarious because it's like, why couldn't we play? Um, at the time of recording Battle of Alberta tonight, it'll be a fun one. I think the Flames win that one. I don't yeah, know about you. I agree. I think the Flames are going to win that one. Also, oh, that's I'm, I'm looking so up. Poorly. I'm looking up the the worst seasons and the the Red Wings team from 2020 was going to finish behind us in a late. Oh yeah. They got bailed out by COVID. Yeah. It would not have been particularly close either. How and did also, they not win the lottery that? Oh, that's right. That's the year that New York won it. Yeah, that that was the year that they just gave like equal shots to everybody basically. Yeah. Also, they gave equal shots to teams that lost in the qualifying round and then they gave Detroit a massive shot and then the, the Rangers won. Yeah. Well, no, because the one of the qualifying teams won the lottery. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the qualifying yeah. team won the lottery, and so, so we then had they had to do a second drawing. Second, I remember that. That's second right. Second lottery 
where it was literally just the ping pong balls because it didn't matter because all the teams had the like Toronto almost got Lafreniere. I rem- I remember that video where yep. the Toronto ball got pushed out at the last second. Yep. I yeah, it, that's just I don't think I think the Coyotes could be worse than Oh yeah. I I think they could have 45 points. It's possible. And they still like I just hope oh well, I don't hope they get Bedard. I actually kind of don't want them to get Bedard. I don't want him in our division. And I actually like Connor Bedard deserves a little better than 5,000 seats. Like I, yeah. I love Mullet Arena. Having Connor Bedard in there is yeah. not right. Like he like he deserves a team that has su- like Buffalo. If Connor Bedard goes to Buffalo, that is, I think, the best case scenario. Dude, right? Buffalo is I, I think Buffalo has an outside shot, man. They I, I do too, but they're not there yet. No, they aren't there yet. But man, I'm so pumped hockey's back. I'm pumped the abs are back. I don't really like I think we covered pretty much everything. You got anything yeah. else you that's I mean, well, that's the thing right with now? the games. I mean, there's not a ton of news happening right now. I mean, they're, yeah. they're actually we did skip over the Landeskog and Helm stuff. It's oh, yeah. Let's cover that real quick. You're yeah. right. It sounds like they're going to be out for a little bit. I thought Helm was going to be the kind of thing where he's like out a week into the season. Uh, I have to very quickly find the thing that Arif tweeted that I sent to you. Helm's initial timeline was 8 to 12 weeks, and he's somewhere in the 13-week range right now. So it sounds like we're going to be without Darren Helm for a little bit here. I'd rather have this happen at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Like, if you want me to be concerned about injuries right now, unless it's a season ending injury for an Avs player, it really like, this is the best time for something like this to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's just so, how it just goes. As long as no one's getting hurt in March and April and stuff like that, just take your time, get fully healthy. There's no rush. And like for Landeskog, he said that, that Gabe's injuries is all from Arif Dean says Gabe's injury was late developing, had some issues when he resumed skating in the summer. So what, so basically once the adrenaline and the alcohol of the Stanley cup and Landis God tried to skate again, he just couldn't because his knee obviously was so fucked up after skating two months after a correction surgery that he's, he's going to need a little time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just part of the beast right now. It's, it's what you have to deal with when your team goes to has deeper in the playoffs. I mean, we kind of expected this with Lanny. Like, it wasn't like it was weird. He never participated in a morning skate, or he always had a maintenance day. And it's like I, I still genuinely love that they tried to play the excuse of like it was good luck. Yeah, it was superstition. It was it's superstition. Like, no. like really, <laughs> we're we're dumb. We're not that dumb. We 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 let it slide because it's the playoffs. Like, I'm not going to fight during round two. But like in hindsight, like. Oh, it's a superstition thing. Really? You just <laughs> you just had surgery and you have never done this before, but now it's superstition. Yeah. Uh, oh, like, oh, oh you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't practice, you didn't participate in any morning skates. Yeah, this is this was you all planned. You are minimizing your skating as much as possible in the most important time of the season because it's good luck. Yeah, so I, I'm cool. I, I don't expect to see Landy probably before December. I think, yeah, I think even that might be a little optimistic. Yeah. I mean, probably mid-end of December. I'm not a doctor, but yeah. and, and like I said with Helm, there's no rush. Like Especially with Lekkanen on that top line, you could throw Val up there. Take your fucking time, man. As long, yeah. as, as long as you're back and warmed up for the playoffs, that's really all that matters. Yeah, and it's not like he has to participate in for a fucking contract. Like Landy's locked in. Uh, there was one more thing I wanted to talk about. I have no idea in how the fuck Lucas Sedlock made this team and Martin Kaut didn't. Yeah, I honestly, I have a hard time contributing to this conversation because I did not notice anything Lucas Sedlock did. Yeah, no, like he's been, he's not been good. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it reflects uh, in his ice time. I think he played yeah. what, like five minutes? Yeah, like Martin Kaut. Yeah, he, played, he played 8.52. Yeah, Martin Kaut had two goals and an assist last night for the Eagles. Like, I just don't know how Sedlock made the team. Um, well, and also another thing, Bleed got sent down to the AHL today. Yes. So Sedlock is it apparently really earned a spot on this team. Yeah, there must be something there that we're not seeing because, yeah, it is – I don't know how Martin Kaut – because at least Martin Kaut offers something offensively, I feel like. Yeah, and it's just like – Kout's your guy. That's the guy you picked in the first round, the guy you've spent all this time developing. 
I just don't understand why not give him a shot here, especially especially early in the season where it doesn't matter. Just give yeah. him, just give him a look. And like the the risk of putting him on waivers, I thought was not great. It ended up working out, but if he got claimed, I would have been kind of upset about it. And with Sedlock, I didn't really see much in the preseason. I, honestly, I thought Bleed was better than yeah. Sedlock in the preseason, and I I literally cannot name a thing that he did exactly and my guy curtis mcdermott great curtis looked good he yeah. genuinely looked good 10 hits in the first game against calgary not so great he wasn't great against calgary but really no one was great curtis mcdermott should not be playing against calgary but yeah. to be fair in the chicago game he actually looked decent oh like, dude he, he, he drew a penalty man yeah, that's a banner game he drew a banner game he was skating he had like a Pretty decent scoring. Oh yeah, in the first period. I, I would have cheered louder for a Curtis McDermott goal than when the banner went up. That was for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you have Curtis on your fourth line, it's it's it your your depth's not looking super great. Yeah, so, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if we're in November and Martin Cout's up here and playing some games just because I just don't see it from Sedlock, and I'm not a coach. I'm not even in Colorado. I don't see the practices or anything like that. I don't see what Bednar sees. But just from the preseason games that I've watched and the two regular season games, I I just have not seen it from Lucas Sedlock. And it's not like he's a guy that's been super effective in his career and otherwise. I don't even know how the thought process even came up to sign him because he was he's been in the KHL for the last several years. I mean, when was the last time he even played in the NHL? He played in the NHL last in 2019. His career high is 13 points in his rookie season. He had seven goals. So, I mean, in the KHL last year with, uh, how do you pronounce that, Tractor, he, he was 43 points in 49 games, you know, respectable KHL numbers, I guess. I mean, we'll see. We're not, again, early season trap of drawing conclusions on players yeah. in their first few showings. But I just haven't seen it so far. That really says Martin Couch shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I completely agree. But it, we'll see. We'll see if Couch keeps killing it like he has been in uh, in the for the Eagles. I wouldn't be shocked if he's getting called up here pretty soon. Yeah, and it's it's also really tough to question Bednar. Like, yeah, the guy. This team knows what they're doing. Yes, even like take what I say with a grain of salt because I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to stuff like this and. Bednar does, Sackett yes. does, McFarland does. They live and breathe the stuff. They literally get paid a very handsome amount of cash to do this. <laughs> I get paid a couple times a year to talk about it. So I'm just saying from my uneducated perspective, I don't understand, but yeah. they do. So I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt. And when Sedlock finishes the season with 10 goals, we'll be like, wow, these guys are fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's most of the time when we look at the show and look back on stuff, we're like, damn, we were pretty fucking stupid there. But yeah, I, I think that's, we, we covered everything. I'm excited for more games. The four-day layoff is a lot, but... Um, a- another weird October schedule. Like, yeah. we're going to we have the game against Minnesota, and this week there's going to be four games. we got Minnesota and Winnipeg and then Seattle and Vegas. Like, Seattle's not a very intense game, but like the Berkey return and everything, yep. playing Gruby again. And I think Seattle's competitive this season. At least God take them seriously. But that's like three pretty serious games. And again, another back-to-back against Vegas because for some reason we just cannot play them straight on for some no. reason. But we play at home and then we go to Vegas. Then we have two days off. Then we play the Rangers. Two days off. Another back-to-back against the Devils and the Islanders. And then we go to Finland. So Makes sense. Things are not going to start feeling normal until about November 10th when we play Nashville. Because yes. then it's like, okay, you have a game, day off, game, day off, two days off, game, day off, blah de blah blah We'll get there. But, yeah, we just got to endure it. And uh, I can't wait for Monday, man. It's going to yeah. be fun. I'm, I'm, like, I'm genuinely look, I'm looking forward to the Wild game more than I was the Chicago game. Because once the banner raising is done, it's time for the actual game. Chicago sucks. Mm-hmm. So... I think this is going to be the first real test that we see for either side. Also, Kevin Fiala just scored on nice. Wild. So that is very funny. But I think that's going to be a really fun game because I think the Wild are going to be pissed because they're going to be like 0-3 or 0-2, aren't yeah. they? 
Do they yep. have another? They have another game before that. I'm not up to date on the wild schedule. But... Yeah, no, they have to be off because if they're playing the Avs on Monday, yeah. they can't play three straight. Okay, yeah, it's Monday. I, I don't even know what day it is, but yeah, so <laughs> they're going to be zero and two, assuming they don't come back. It's still only halfway through the game. It's five to three, mm-hmm. but assuming they lose that game, they're going to be zero and two, and they just have a really big grudge against us for some. Like I get the rivalry, but. You're not that important to us still. No. So they're going to be very upset. I wonder if the abs are going to have the same motivation. That's mainly my concern is the wild are probably going to look at that game as their Stanley cup early in the season, but I think the abs are going to win. I'm going to give a final prediction. I'm going to stick with five, four. I like five, two abs. Okay. I think like, I think it's going to be a high scoring game, especially the goalies are new. I think this is going to be where we see our first real taste of what Georgiev is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'll be a good test for him and a good test for this team. So I'm looking forward to it. I think 5-2 seems about right. Yeah, I like that. So we'll be back on Wednesday talking about that game. We'll record on Tuesday, post on Wednesday. So we'll just be talking about the wild game and looking at the Jets game and what we got ahead after that. But that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Kale McCarr shirts still available at denvernosebleeds.com. Get yours while supplies last. Code tell it as it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. I mean, we wait, we waited this long with the sponsorship. The abs are back in season now. And if you want to see Berkey in person, if you want to see them play in the Jets coming up, and after because after that, you're gonna to have to wait a little while until November 10th before you can see the abs in person again. Yep. So Waste no time. If you use our code, it's, it really is a great way to support the show, if nothing else. If nothing else, we just appreciate the support of you guys listening to every single episode because you guys are the best, but it does help us out at the end of the day. If you want to follow us on Twitter for some reason, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But we will catch you guys after the wild game. But until then, let's go abs.